At Life Church, everything that is given above and beyond the general fund giving goes to our Greater Initiative. Greater is broken down into three simple giving categories Greater Mission, Greater Generation, and Greater Expansion. At Life Church, we want to lead and empower a greater generation through ministry training schools, campus ministries, camp scholarships, and Life Leadership College, your support through Greater is making a lasting impact. Together, we are doing Greater. Well, good morning and welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's good to see you today. Everybody enjoying the beautiful weather? No? Yeah, isn't it nice? Everybody in your neighborhood like doing yard work and stuff? And you're in church? Can I just tell you guys going to make your grass greener, more lush? Hey, man, that's what I pray on my lawn, and, and it's working. So I'm just saying, all my neighbors go, how do you do it? I said, I go to Life Church, man. I don't know how it works. I go to Life Church. That pastor over there is a little crazy, but besides that, it is fun because, you know, when you're the pastor of the church, and people ask you questions, and you're like, how do I respond to this, right? Well, that sounds like, come to Life Church and hear me speak. That's what I feel like I'm saying when I do that. And so I just always like, I don't really kind of go there. But then when they ask, I'm like, hey, man, yeah, I go to Life Church, and the pastor's a little crazy, but it's, it's a good place. People are really nice and that kind of a deal. And, you know, and they're like, but the pastor's a little crazy. I say, yeah, he's kind of, he's from the South. He's kind of got this accent deal going, but he's a good guy. And so, anyhow, you guys kind of like, everybody's just chill today. <laughs> it's like, this is like, Delilah. It's all, everybody's really chill in this service. We are liven this up. We're going to have a good time today. So today is our student takeover. And so that means that you saw students on the platform. There were students in the parking lot. There are students as door greeters. There's going to be students as ushers. Can we give all of our students just a big hand today? We are celebrating students. And I just want to take a couple minutes and just kind of talk about our passion and my passion for uh, early childhood, elementary, and middle school, high school, and even college age ministry, and what, one of the things that we call family focus that drives us. There's four major drivers at Life Church, and one of those is family focus, and um, that comes because my wife and I, uh, we served for about a decade in youth ministry and working on staff at church. We've been here at Life Church a little over 14 years but we serve that amount of time and working with students and working with teenagers and middle schoolers and high schoolers and, and doing that and uh, a passion of ours. And, um, and one of the things that we, that we did was we were like, if we go plant a church, start a church, pastor a church, whatever, wherever in that position, one of the major focuses that we want to have as a church is on this next generation and to make sure that the facilities you know, the, the best conversations happen in the best environments. That's why we like certain restaurants, certain coffee shops. That's why we decorate our homes. That's why when we go and we look at a house, we, we have these, these uh, we, love, we love these environments. And so we wanted to create a place so that whether it's an early childhood or elementary age or middle school age or high school age, that we were making sure that these environments were appropriate uh, even for adults, that the environments were appropriate and were totally geared around communicating what we were trying to communicate. The reason why when you will see in all of our kids' environments, there's very social areas before there's spiritual areas because kids are social before they're spiritual. 
You can like the spirituality all you want to. I get it. I got degrees in theology. But at the end of the day, before they're ever going to have a theological reflective conversation with you, they're going to be social. That's how they're wired. That's how God made them. And so, so we want to create environments for that. And so it's been a huge passion of ours. And as I look at this generation uh, that's coming up, there's always a generation that's coming up. I'm reminded of a passage in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 25. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Genesis 25. And it's, it's, it's the story of two brothers, one who smells like Old Spice and, and who's very much an outdoorsman, and another one who really is more into the culinary arts and is a bit of a mama's boy. And the Bible says that the father was more, uh, more uh, loved and, was, and favored his outdoor son, and the mother uh, favored and loved the, the son that would, would, would be with her uh, there in the kitchen, and, and, and these were gift sets and th- so forth. And so... Um, these two brothers, Esau and Jacob, Jacob actually means uh, manipulator, uh, surplanter. Uh, he, he, they, they're, they're twins, but Esau comes out first. And the Bible says that Jacob, uh, the, the second born, was, uh, was actually had his, his hand around the ankle of his brother Esau. And so that's how they came to this world. And there's this contentious relationship. And we see these two boys, and in my opinion, they, they really represent a lot of the generation and we're, where we're living today. And they have this complete contentious relationship where there's, there's, there's things that drive them uh, in a way of a need for affirmation and a need for approval and a need for just someone in their life to bless them and that they're crying out for that. That as you read the story, I don't have time to read the entire story, you'll see even at the end that Esau's greatest need, we're going to look at his, this, this first thing, but his greatest need was the approval of his father. And, and, and the approval of his mother and the affirmation that came with that. And that's a real issue. Uh, even the book of Isaiah says in the Old Testament that there'll come a day where the hearts of the fathers will be turned back to the children. There is a need in the world in which we live in for men to affirm their sons and their daughters in such a way that they lead them, that they discipline them, but that they love them and they communicate those things. And so we see this, this, this play out in Genesis chapter 25, verse 27. The Bible says, and the boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, a.k.a. smell like Old Spice. And Jacob was a quiet man staying among the tents. He's a mama's boy. Uh, Isaac, who loved the taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Once while Jacob was home cooking some stew, I told you, he's with his mom, man. He's, just, he's gifted that way. And don't hate on people that are cooks and chefs. Lord knows I don't. Amen. Hallelujah. So... Um, Esau uh, came in from the open country and was famished. He was hungry. And he said to Jacob, his brother, Quick, let me have some of that red stew, for I am famished. I'm hungry. And Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Remember, he's all about manipulation. He said, Look, I'm about to die. What good is a birthright to me? He said, But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then, verse 34, Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. And so Esau despised his birthright. His birthright was a blessing that came from being the firstborn. And it was a real deal. It was, there were, it was a financial involvement. Uh, it was the inheritance of the family. He would be the leader of the family should something happen to the father, which was very typical in those days. Would take care of the mom and would take care of all the children. And everything that the father owned would go to the firstborn son, which would have been Esau. But Esau gave it up and gave it to his brother Jacob. And he sold it. Why? Because he was 
hungry. And his hunger, uh, uh, basically, he, he, Esau was so hungry that he sold his birthright. He gave up his future. And this is what I see today. I see more than anything else that hunger drives the generation that this, of, of kids today, from high school all the way down to elementary. That it drives this generation. They are hungry. They're hungry for approval. They're hungry for, for a mom and a dad that will do. They, they don't, they're tired of the blue ribbon society where every time that they try out for a sport or they go out for a sport, everybody makes a team and everybody's on the team and everybody gets a ribbon, everybody gets a trophy. No, no, no. That, that, that's not the kind of approval they're looking for. They want someone that will step into their life and speak truth into their life, even if it hurts, and will help them, will love them, will, but will, will correct them. Think of it like a great coach. A great coach will chew your rear end in one setting and then grab you in the next setting and hold you and tell you that he's proud of you or that she's proud of you. Why? Because that's what a great coach does. That's what this generation is looking for. Someone that will correct them when they're wrong and will hold and be consistent with the truth and won't, and won't just kind of be tossed to and fro, but someone that will also speak life into them and encourage them, but will also comfort them and will tell them that they are loved. The world in which we live in is hungry for this. This is why teenage girls will send nude pics of themselves on social media, on some type of a, of a Snapchat or, or, an, or a private um, uh, uh, media-based uh, social website in order to be able to get approval from some young guy. And then, and then he will take that and, and screenshot that and blast that out to all of his friends and everybody else in order to embarrass her. And then this becomes this mortifying fear that, you know, we tell our kids, what you put out there, what you text, what you put online, it's going to come back. It, it doesn't just go away. It's there. And someone can screenshot something even on a, on a media platform where it disappears after so, a period of time. And so we've got this going on and we've got young men trying to, you know, I'll out drink everybody else at the party and I'll outdo everybody else at the party or, 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 or and even with the social media, because there's so lack of a face-to-face confrontation uh, will we'll, we'll suggest things to young ladies that are completely inappropriate. And being the dad of two teenage daughters, um, there's times where you're going, I'll go talk to the dad. And in one situation, I talked to the father, and he kind of looked at me like, boys will be boys. And I said, and fathers will be fathers. Because at the end of the day, sir, if you allow your son to send stuff like that to young ladies... He has no respect for them. He's learning that from somewhere. And at some point, he needs to know what it means to be a man and how to treat a woman and how to respect a woman. What, what, what's the issue? Here's the issue. The issue is, is that we have a world of students that are hungry. They're desiring. They want to give their life to something that has meaning. And they want people that will stand up in their life and correct them when they need to be corrected, even though they're not going to ask for that. And that are going to love them when they need to be loved, even though they're not going to ask for that and that will come alongside them. They are hungry. And what they're willing to do is sell out their future for something immediate. That's why they do these things. Think about it. Think about the stuff that you did when you were in junior high and high school, and you go, dear God, I could have died. You ever thought of that? I mean, when I was a kid, we talked one of the parents into letting us build this quarter pipe. So if you skateboard or ride freestyle BMX, you know what I'm talking about. And I mean, it had two and a half feet of vert. It was eight feet tall. It was this monstrosity of this BMX uh, freestyle ramp. And man, we broke more arms. We had more ER visits. I mean, flying off the side of that thing. And I mean, just, but we were doing all, I would never let my kids do that. Never. 
oh, dear God. But at the end of the day, we, we didn't think about it because we're immortal, right? We're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen to us. And we don't think about the long play. The kids don't think about the long term. It's, just, it's, it's not them. It's just the station that they are in life. And so they sell the long, the eternal, the consequential for something that's immediate and urgent. And they're hungry. And so at Life Church, we're going to be a church that's committed to this generation. We're going to be a church, and we've been a church, that is about this next generation. And let me tell you where this comes from. Where this commitment to the next generation comes from. It's because, again, I said I spent about a decade of my life on staff working with students at church before I became a senior pastor here. It's the only place I've ever seen your pastor. And, uh, and I'll never forget being at a church, and I'm there, and I'm, Tammy and I, the youth group is growing. We're, we're in, a, in a facility. We're in a gym, and we're running out of space, and, um, and we, we need more space, and we've got to try to figure this out. And, and, uh, and, uh, and so I go, and I'm having a conversation with the senior pastor who's a great guy and loves Jesus and all that kind of stuff. Church is growing. Things are going well. And just say, hey, man, we're out of space. This is what's going on. I've got some, I need to figure this out. And, and, and there was, there was a very, we were in a very limited uh, space. We were kind of in a space war kind of a deal. It's just, we, we had more ministry going on than we had space for it. And we we're trying to navigate through some things. And I, and I understand all of that. But he made a statement I'll never forget. I was in a staff meeting. And he goes, you represent a segment of the church that are non-revenue producers, which means those kids don't give anything. And I have to take care of the revenue. They are, they are revenue consumers is what they are. And the priority is always going to go to revenue producers, not to revenue consumers. And I'm thinking, what? What did he just say? Did he just say what I think he just said? That because the kids that we're ministering to don't have the ability to write checks, we're going to make sure that the segment of the, of the, of the congregation, which was the, older, which was the older part of the congregation... They're going to, we're going to make sure that they're taken care of and happy instead of reaching this next generation. And I'm sitting there in my mind, and I'm thinking, what, what's going on? Because I, I had a young man that I found out his mother's in prison, his dad he doesn't know, his brothers, they're all living with the grandmother, and the grandmother doesn't have enough seats in the car to get the boys to church, so they're taking turns to come to church. This kid was a pretty popular kid at his high school. He was in ninth grade and pretty popular kid. And, and so I went to him and I found out and I said, hey, Cody, I, f I hear that you guys are kind of taking turns to get the church out. And you're living with the grandmother, yeah. And I could just tell the way they were dressed. I just knew there were very limited funds and all this was going on. I said, how about if I got you a van on Wednesday night to come pick you and your brothers up? Maybe you got some few other friends or something like that and we'll come pick you up. He said, that'd be awesome. I said, could you fill that van? Yeah. So I didn't go. I, had, I was getting ready for youth service. I had a youth sponsor that went. And I think youth sponsors are awesome. I think people that work, that volunteer. I'm telling you, my life has been more changed by youth sponsors than by youth pastors. No disrespect to youth pastors, but I'm just saying youth sponsors, if you work with students, I'm telling you, they listen to you. And so anyhow, so I had a youth sponsor go, pick them up, gets there. It's a 15-passenger van, so it's, a, it's, it's the, the driver, right? So that's one of the 15. I'm down to 14 seats. I got 18 kids there. So we did with any great church and any great youth ministry we do. We picked them all up. We'll figure it out. We'll bungee cord them to the roof. It doesn't matter. If we get pulled over, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do what we got to do. And so when they come in, I'm counting. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm realizing, I went, oh, I'm going to leave. 
plausible deniability. If I get asked in a staff meeting, I don't have to do anything. If Pastor Nate's listening to this, he shouldn't be listening to this. But anyhow, so it was all for the sake of the kingdom. And so I found out that this was going on. So I just go to go down. I said, man, look, bro, you have 18 kids. And he goes, yeah, you told me to bring some friends. He said, I got more. I said, okay, well, I tell you what, how about I bring two vans this next week? We filled two vans. We filled three vans. We, we, we were running. He was bringing 45 friends every Wednesday night. But they were all revenue consumers. They don't really count. Wrong. I saw God do things in those kids' lives that along with, there were, he wasn't the only one. There were other kids. It was beginning to happen. And there were hundreds of kids coming on a Wednesday night. And we were out of space. And I'm sitting in that meeting and I'm hearing what that pastor said. And I understand what he's saying. And I understand where he's coming from. And I'm not trying, I'm not judging his heart. But I said to myself, self, there will come a day where you will sit in that seat, not in this church, but in a different church. And when that happens, those words will never come out of your mouth, that we will never be about who can write the check, and we're going to take care of that person and cater to that person. It's going to be about, we'll take care of the people that nobody else wants. We'll love people that don't have the ability to produce anything else, and we'll do it and do it and do it because that's the kingdom. And I said, amen? That's awesome. And that's what Life Church is all about. That's what the next generation is all about. That's about what we're talking about it's all about today. Because at the end of the day, if you fast forward in time, that young man is, is going to a local church. He's married. He's got kids. He's well-adjusted in society. And there are other kids from that group that are youth pastors and are, and, and are staff pastors and kids pastors at churches. There are other kids in that group that, and, and these guys are all married. And there are other kids in that group that are back at, that are in that church, that grew up in that church, that love Jesus. They got met married godly women and, and that came up in that group as well. They have kids. Guess what? They're there. They're now bringing the tithe. It comes full circle, blah, 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 blah. And it's all because of a church that's committed to ministering to the hunger of the next generation. And I'm so glad that we did that. And I'm so glad that we do that here. We're committed financially as a church, not out of greater, which is above and beyond, but out of your generosity of tithing. Tithing is an act of obedience. 10% of your income as you bring it to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Out of that, a half of a million dollars, $500,000 a year goes for the next generation. Why would you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on that? Because we believe in the value of kids' ministry and youth ministry and young adult ministry. Today in America, the evangelical church across denominational lines is, are losing kids. It is the biggest depletion of the church and the biggest contributor for why the church in North America is shrinking and declining. Because when they graduate high school, they're gone. And we're saying, we don't want that. Not that they're not going to go other places and do other things, but we want them to be committed, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. How do you do that? You teach and you train them, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. And so we have committed ourselves, even as a staff, there are seven staff members at Life Church that completely focus on this next generation. We call it the greater generation. This next generation of students, five of which are full-time, that are completely focused on ministering. Because of your generosity and bringing the tithe to this next generation. So what I want to do today is I just want to have a conversation with them. And they're going to make their way out here now. I want to have a conversation with them. And I want them to hear. I want you to hear from them what God's doing. Would you give them a big hand as they make their way out here today? And why don't you guys just take a minute and just introduce yourself to everybody. Steve, we'll start with you. I'm Steve Borland. And I am the executive director of our family ministries here at Life Church. 
I'm Dustin Johnston, the director of Life Leadership College, which are college students that are called into full-time vocational ministry. They come through LLC. My name is Nate Roeder. I am the youth director here at Life Church. I get to hang out with your sixth through senior, your sixth through twelfth graders on Wednesday nights. I'm Josh Wells, and I'm the director of elementary here at Life Church. So kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. And I'm Lindsay Herrera, and I um, Herrera. oversee early childhood. Can you say so, that? You don't roll the R's on that one? No. I asked I his mom how to say it, and that's not how you say it. Herrera. You Herrera. like that, don't you? No. Like what? <laughs> yeah, be careful. So Nando, our worship pastor, and Lindsay married, uh, what, about a month ago? That's a whole other story for another day. That was a fun deal. So anyhow, so... Lindsay Herrera. What do you do here, Lindsay? And I oversee early childhood, so birth through um, five years old. Good. Awesome. Well, guys, we're, we're glad that you're taking time out of your schedule to be with us. I guess right now, kids, there's nobody in there, right? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Moms are going, okay, I just saw them, and uh, they're not there. So, um, so what I want to do today is I want to kind of walk through, and I'm, I'm going to kind of ask you to some different questions, and I want you to kind of... Kind of um, fill us in. Lindsay, I want to start with you. Tell me what's happening in early childhood, because sometimes I think people think it's just a big babysitting club. You just got a bunch of babysitters. Is that what you do on weekends? No, it's definitely, it's more than babysitting. Um, what's awesome in early childhood, in our two older rooms, in the Bear and the Moose room, um, in January, we actually just started a brand new curriculum, um, and also in elementary. It's called Orange. Um, but for us in early childhood, what we use is called First Look. So it's designed to give your kids a first impression of their Heavenly Father. So everything that's done in those rooms is based on three simple but really powerful truths for these um, preschool age kids. It's God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. So everything we do is revolved around that. So by the time they graduate on into elementary, that they know and most importantly believe these truths for themselves. And so what's awesome about this curriculum, too, is our team members who are in there teaching love it. They're able to engage with the kids. They're able to answer questions that these kids have. Um, they, the kids are watching Bible stories. They're also memorizing scripture, which is awesome. We're opening up our Bibles, and we're reading the scripture, and these kids are so excited to learn it and to recite it. And so that's been awesome to see across the board. I think it's been a win for our kids and our team members, but I think the biggest win is for you as parents and for us to be able to partner with you in creating a space for these kids to build a spiritual foundation for their lives. And so that's what's been happening in, in our department. And what's awesome with the parent resources that we have, we have a parent cue card that you receive when, your kid, when you pick up your kids. And on that card, it has all the information as to what we learned that day. Um, it has the, mem the scripture memory verse. And um, along with that, we have actually a parent cue app, and it's going to be up on the screen. So if you have a child in early early childhood or in elementary, this is an app you're going to want to download. This is going to help further what we're teaching in early childhood. There's videos that you get to watch with your kids, so it's just an extension of what we're learning, and it just allows us, again, to partner with you to build that spiritual foundation for your preschoolers. Awesome. So this is a free resource for parents yes, to download free, that yeah. and to partner and come along. Yep. So you are doing more than just changing yes, diapers and giving them Yes, we're doing more fish. than that. <laughs> All right. Josh, talk to me a little bit about what's happening in elementary. I see mm -hmm. new faces, new workers. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, so I came on the team in September, and it was at that time at the church here we were doing this Activate kind of initiative uh, series. And so 
I came honestly at the really a great time uh, point in, in Life Church, and so I just kind of rode that wave of, of uh, Pastor Aaron gave a great, I remember that sermon, a great sermon about just engaging and partnering with the church and, and getting involved, and so We've had a lot of people go through life track and do that, and uh, basically our life track team, everybody that runs that, does a great job of partnering you that wanted to be involved in the ministry with me. And so I just follow up and take them out to Starbucks, which is a very holy place to Amen. to do business. And, Hallelujah. Uh, and so um, did that and got people on the team. We've had 16 or 17 new people since September, adults. Uh, wow. Since and so the team before me did a great job of of building a team, but we've been able to just use that what they've done and just advance it even more. So it's been awesome. Great. Well, talk to me a little bit too about uh, we were just at a, at, a, at a dinner a few weeks ago where you were honored and the, and the yeah. church was honored for being number one in the state in in missions giving with elementary age. So yeah. you gave, guys gave $35,000. You mm-hmm. were 13th in the nation. I don't know why yeah. you weren't number one, but yeah. okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so explain, explain what you're doing and how that's working. Yeah, so BGMC Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge is what we do every single week uh, at Life Kids. And when I got here in September, it was clear that that was a value of this church, and it's a value of Assemblies of God. And I grew up in, in an AG church, and so Buddy Barrels and BGMC was ingrained my, in me. There you go. Right yep. It, yep. Man. We got to get you an updated one. No, I but, like this one. You know. Steve and I grew up when they were wooden. <laughs> so They're not we, this uh, flimsy plastic stuff. <laughs> Dear God, help us all. <laughs> we have Buddy Barrels, and you see your kids go home, come home with those Buddy Barrels, and, and, we, and we challenge them to fill those up and bring it in. And to mis- uh, to give to missions to, and it was interesting when I got here. The the boys and girls knew exactly what I was doing. They knew what BGMC was. They knew what it, where it went and what the money was doing uh, to affect uh, kids across the world for the gospel. And so that's a that's a compliment to the teams prior to me, the people in this position prior to me, and just ingraining that heart of generosity. And it and it connects with me because that's how I was raised. Right. And so this church is amazing and so generous, and it flows down to the kids. And so if you're a parent in here, I just want to say great job and. And, and equipping your child and, and encouraging right. that in them uh, because it'll something that'll take and it'll last for their whole lives. And it's very, really important. And so in, in order to do that, we kind of want to hijack. We want to kind of show you guys what BGMC is and how exciting right. it is. And so we're going to hijack the service. So right now the kids are actually outside those doors. Oh, wow. And so we're going to do something that we like to call a buddy barrel raid. And so we have like 30 or 40 kids ready to come in here and what just... Are they, what are they raiding? What oh, they're they raiding. They're getting all the money they can possibly can fitting right. into their buddy barrels. And right now we're doing a challenge with them too to raise $31 in the month of May. And so this is going to go towards that. And so if you would get in your purses, your pockets, your wallets, pull out any all the spare change, really, we really want $100 bills. all right bills, checks because I'm going to get that um, money later. You know, anything you can, anything you have We don't need nothing that jingles, only so something that crinkles. We're going to get that hey, ready. I got mine in my pocket here. Are you so. let them come in? Are they still out there? Yeah, they're out there. They're antsy. They're waiting. And so I'm going to count down from three, and we're going to play some music, and they're going to be running around here crazy. And so when you have your money, raise it up. So are we ready out there for the kids? All right. Three, two, one. Let's open up those doors and let the kids in here. Come on in, kids. Come on. Come on in. Run around as they go on out. And so we, uh, I just want to say we have an amazing team every weekend that comes and serves. And so <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> that's awesome. 
I'm going to have them take the offering every week. There I've never you seen go. you people so eager to give. Oh, I got money. Don't come here to me. Y'all don't do that to me at all. They're like, oh, so, he's going to take the offering again. Thank you guys so much for doing that. And uh, parents, you, you guys are doing a great job. And if there's anything we can do to help you uh, raise your kids in the Lord, that's what we're here for. So we awesome. want to do that. Nate, talk to us a little bit about what God's doing in Life Church Youth with missions and with camps that are coming up right yes, around the corner. Yes, this summer we have three missions trips. One, we're going to Nicaragua, and that is through King's Castle. Uh, our second is in Rockaway Beach, Missouri. Uh, that is through Convoy of Hope. It's going to be an awesome trip. That's 13 years or older. Uh, and we also have a Milwaukee trip. Now, this is for students ages uh, 12 and under. This is kind of our way to introduce them to missions trips. This is going to be a two-day trip. It's not overnight, uh, kind of start in the morning, finish at night, and just bond and, and have a great time showing what Missions Trips is all about. And then we also have camp going on this summer in July. Now, these weeks, especially camp, are extremely important to life church youth. And the reason why is that I truly believe that there's only certain things that happen on these trips. What I mean by that is, parents, how often does your youth get the opportunity to be away from home for a week. Amen. Come on now. Do they Hallelujah. get to be away from the influence at school for a week? Do they get to be away from their phone and social media and they get to have fun and focus on God? And you can imagine what can happen in that time. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay, we pray hard, but we play hard as well. And so at camp, I mean, we, we have fun. We jet ski, we tube, we blob, we basketball, volleyball, you name it, we do it. But there's something about having fun during the day, the bonding, the relationships that just starts to break down these walls that our students build up and it allows them to hear God speak over their life. And so this week is a week that God uses to change students' lives forever. Now, last year we took 72 students to camp, uh, 55 of them. Um, get this, 55 of those 72 students did four things. They either, one, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the first time. They either felt far away from God and recommitted their life. They either, third, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, or four, they felt a call into vocational ministry. And so you can just see God does things at camp that just doesn't happen yep. anywhere else. And so for us, you know, there's a you know, this is the same camp that I got called into youth ministry 11 years ago. Same chapel, same camp, same lake that we're, we're uh, tubing at. And it's just amazing to see. Now, we had this girl that, that went to camp last year. She was new, so she was a little hesitant to, to go because she didn't have as many friends yet. And, and by the way, if your youth feels that way, if they're kind of afraid to go to camp because, man, I don't know that many people. Camp is a perfect place to make friends because yeah. you're stuck with each other for a whole week. And uh, so you're forced to make friends, but send your kid to camp with that way. Uh, but we had this girl that was afraid, so she went and, and God moved in her life and she got saved. Uh, she felt a call into vocational ministry. Uh, through that, now she's, she's graduating next year from high school. She's looking at ministry colleges. And, and not only did that affect her life, but camp, uh, that experience, um, her parents now attend Life Church and they're regular tenders, all because of camp. And so a lot of that is because of you. Many of those students had scholarships, and that comes from greater. And so we thank you for that. Right. Also, one thing that I want to ask is we are in need at Life Church Youth, parents and couples to lead and to disciple our students. 
Right now, our youth are making decisions and they're creating habits that are going to be with them for the rest of their lives. Some of you can think of those decisions or habits that you've had that are still affecting you today. Some of you probably wish that you had an adult that was willing to love you and lead you through uh, these huge moments in your life. And so if you are interested in that, there's a huge need. Contact me. Go to the Resource Center. We would love to get you plugged in because we're excited to see what God is doing through this next generation of youth. Awesome. Dustin. Hey. Hey. LLC director. Tell tell us what's going on with Life Leadership College. Yeah, so this this last year has been an absolutely incredible one. You've probably come into contact with one of our LLC students at least because they are all over this campus and even at Appleton on a regular basis uh, just serving in various ministries. So they're often with your children, your kids. They're in here helping to lead worship regularly. They're, they're, they're literally all over the campus and uh, they're, they're the highest quality. The, they lead and, and they serve. And uh, this semester, and these last two semesters have truly been incredible. We have had uh, students that have um, had a clarity of their calling in in ministry. And so LLC, by the way, they they come in, they know already that they are called into full-time vocational ministry, meaning that for the rest of their life, they're going to be in a large capacity serving in the local church or uh, in the mission field or in in some kind of nonprofit. uh, And that's going to be their profession, their occupation and their life. They're dedicating their life to it. That's a unique calling in their life. And so they're not coming to LLC to receive that calling. They already have that. They're coming for education and experience so that they can be most effective in that vocation uh, that they're called to. And so this, um, these last two semesters, they've received clarity in their calling. Some students have uh, been on the dean's list or the president's list, which just means that they are academically superior to all of their peers. Uh, some of them have taken on part-time positions here at the Germantown campus and even at the Appleton campus. We've got students this summer that are going all around the globe to do ministry and to gain and garner experience. We've got students that are, we've got a student that's leading worship at a youth camp where hundreds and hundreds of students are going to come and receive faith in Christ. We've got a student that is traveling to work at an orphanage in Mexico. We've got students that are all over the country in different ministries and at different churches under serving under different ministry leaders. And we're also in just a few weeks sending one of our students to Vietnam to do ministry there. So what's happening here through Life Leadership College on a day-to-day basis is literally impacting the entire world. And in large part, that is because of you, your support, your prayers. Uh, we, we stand by and kind of our whole mission statement is realize, refine, release. Yeah. Realize their, their gifts, talents, abilities, and their calling. Refine that and then release them into full-time vocational ministry. The release part is bittersweet. It's hard because we love these students. They have impacted this church and, and our lives so greatly. But it's also a beautiful thing that we're sending them out into this full-time vocational ministry. One of the students that we are releasing now is Joey Ketchum. Uh, just a few days ago, Pastor and I were in Texas celebrating with Joey and others as he was graduating. He was walking across the platform with his cap and gown, receiving a diploma, getting the same degree that a lot of those students are getting, but at a fraction of the cost. That's the benefits of one of the benefits of coming to LLC. And uh, he was doing that because of your of your help, Joey. You see, he. He wouldn't have been able to do that if it weren't for if it weren't for you, if it weren't for the youth ministry and life leadership college. 
uh, he, his family situation, financial situation, it just wasn't going to happen. And Joey was able to walk across the platform just a few days ago and graduate. And uh, the first in his family to graduate and the first in his family to go into ministry. It's just an incredible thing that wouldn't have been able to happen if it wasn't for this greater initiative and for this church. And uh, so I, we are there to celebrate. I know you wish you could have been there with us to celebrate, to applaud as Joey walked across the platform. I know we couldn't have taken you all, but uh, we did the next best thing. And I took my camera, I got some footage, and I brought it back to, to share with you. So if you want to direct your attention to the screen and check this out. back to my four years here in LLC and all the amazing opportunities that I've gotten. One that really sticks out to me is um, helping out in Life Kids and all the crazy moments, all the fun, crazy things that kids say, but being a part of the small groups, being able to lead from the stage and growing from that, but also moving into the youth ministry and being able to preach and do something that I never thought I would do, like get on a stage and preach in front of students, but even more than that, invest in them outside of the youth group and really be able to be a voice in their life and point them back to Jesus. And then from there, just doing internships and being able to take everything I can from them, learn and grow and be able to allow leaders to pour into me and be like a sponge. And then after that, just being involved with Pastor Aaron and his leadership and the amount of things that he's poured into me has helped me realize everything that I can do and the potential that I have. So now moving on past uh, graduation, thinking back to what God has really instilled in me through these four years here at LLC. And the one thing that comes to mind is youth ministry. And it's always been something that has come across my mind in every step of the way through LLC. And so now after graduation, I plan to pursue a youth ministry position and continue to invest and pour into the next generation of students. And so that's something that's just really grown in me, a passion for me and the local church and just being able to reinvest in the students what leaders invested in me. That's awesome. So Steve, you lead this uh, group of incredible leaders and you're the executive director over Family Focus. This is your whole ministry uh, and you've dedicated uh, two dozen, excuse me, yeah, close to two dozen years and just in youth ministry as a youth pastor. And so you've lived this out. Uh, talk to us a little bit, just kind of wrap this up today, this greater generation conversation. Well, first of all, I'd like to say uh, it's a blessing to be able to work with this team. Um, when Pastor and I connected about this position and wanted me to fill this spot here at Life Church, uh, it was pretty much a sweet spot for me in my wheelhouse where I really wanted to invest in leaders, lead them in what they're doing to enhance and help to reach your kids, to reach kids that maybe are, they don't have any influence inside the church from a family member, but they're here. So uh, it's a big blessing to be a part of a team that has that drive and that uh, desire to see students, kids come to faith in Christ and to further what God's called them to do. Uh, but also I wanna say a thanks to you as a church body. Uh, I've said this each and every time we've done this this weekend. Uh, this thing doesn't happen to the extent that it does without you. Right. As a team member, as a volunteer, 
uh, you know, we, we're, this big thing we've got, and we mentioned it a little bit about serving and being served, it's a huge deal. Uh, it, it's, it's such a blessing to know that we've got people that say, you know what, I understand what we're trying to accomplish as a church, what we're trying to do as a church, and I want to be actively involved in that. I start looking through the different components, uh, you know, with Lindsay in early childhood. Uh, Joseph's here today. I saw him going into 1045, Mr. Bible Man, and uh, his mom has said different times, he's learning his memory verses. He won't say it to me yet. Now, I'll call him. I'll say, hey, Joseph. He's just, you know, he'll put his head down or he'll, he'll go find mom and he's hugging her and that's about it. But at four years old in, in early childhood and he is knowing what God is saying through the word of God, it's huge. Now, look in uh, where my youngest Zoe's a part of elementary and the, being still inside of her life, the values of giving to BGMC and giving to the, like, speak the light when they get become a youth person. Uh, I want you to understand, and I know we've said this, but if you can comprehend for every dollar that you give to missions, to speak the light for sure, but maybe for also for BGMC, seven people have the opportunity to hear the gospel presentation. Mm. Can you fathom that? You $35,000, can you put that, can you do the, I can't do that calculations, math is not my friend, so um, that's not gonna happen. But I just want you to understand the things that we're trying to instill inside your kids that you are helping, that you are doing. Because if you don't know this already, statistically, you as the parent are still the greatest influence on your kid's life. Yeah. We're just trying to help that. Right. We want to partner with you to help raise your kids in the way that when they get old, the word says they won't depart from what they've been instilled inside their life through That's you. Right. So I look at all these different aspects, and, and my thing is, is this. We want you to partner with us. We want to partner with you. It goes back and forth. So, uh, dads, I want to challenge you with something. If you're not volunteering, if you've got kids in elementary, you've got kids in early childhood, you've got a kid in youth group, and you're not volunteering, I want to challenge you. And you're saying, well, Pastor Chief, I don't even like my own kids. Why would I want to do something else with other kids? <laughs> I get it. I understand. You know. But the thought is this. Statistically, we talked about this in our men's prayer breakfast a while back. If you, uh, the, the male, the man in the home, if you are the one that is leading spiritually, statistically, it is phenomenal. The percentage goes up about the entire family getting on board, finding faith in Christ, and moving forward in their relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Nothing against mom, nothing against grandparents, but I'm just saying if you're the dad, I want to encourage you to step up and to say, I'm going to volunteer. Because I'm going to tell you something. I go in the moose room, I'm in there, I get everything that th is not nailed down or screwed in the wall thrown at me from all the boys. Target, they're ready. Why? Because they're like, oh, there's a dude in here. We're going to have fun. And my thing is this. They need men to influence their life right. in a positive direction. And amen. 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 So that, that goes on, that, not just early childhood, not just elementary youth, youth service, all those things. Because when they become an adult, it has been modeled to them. It has become a part of their DNA. This is what a man does. He leads. Yeah. He leads a godly life. He leads his family the direction they need to go. So that's one thing I really am encouraged about is that we're intentional here at Life Church. I would have never joined the team if we weren't intentional about doing specific things. We're wasting time when we don't do that. I've said it every time this week, this weekend, we're not going to run out of resources. We're not going to run out of money. We're going to run out of time, people. If you don't know this, Christ is returning. That's right. 
We have a limited amount of time to reach the next generation, mm. to reach lost people. Yeah. Statistically, they say when a kid reaches the age of 18, it's phenomenal how they drop and they never return to the church. They never uh, give faith into Christ. Kids are not making decisions at 18 now. It's 12 and 13 years old. They're making a decision on whether or not how they're going to live their life, whether for God or not for God. Yeah. Why is early childhood important? For that reason right there. Why is elementary important? For that reason right there. Why is youth ministry important? For that reason right there. That's right. Because we want them to understand the importance of what eternity has in store for them. What's the only thing you can take to heaven with you? People. People, not your money, not your possessions, not your fame, not your fortune. It's people. So why not? Why not invest in something that has eternal significance? That's why I think this is the best team at church. I'm biased, but it's, I just feel like it's the best team at church. Because we are seeing students come to faith in Christ. I know the spot at church camp in Arkansas where God called me at 13 to full-time vocational ministry. Yeah changed me. It rocked my life. And it reminds me time and time again, this is why you do what you do. So I'm excited. And we want you, everyone in this room, to some degree being actively involved in what we do here at Life Church with the next generation. Amen. Before these guys go, I'm going to have Steve close this in prayer. I, I want you to connect one thing that nobody said, but everybody is representative of. We all grew up in church, and we all stayed in church for one simple reason, people like you. The number one, you talk to any one of these people, there were people like you, not just not a pastor or even a youth pastor, but people like you that gave of their time, that gave of their talent, that gave of their treasure and invested in people like us. When I was at that graduation, for Joey, I, I was talking to someone in the room, and, and this white-haired guy walks across, and I was like, I know that guy. It's, that's Randy Craig. Well, you don't know who Randy is, but Randy Craig was the youth sponsor at the home church where I grew up, finished carpenter, owned his own cabinet shop in Van Buren, Arkansas, but would pick me and about four other guys up Monday morning through Friday morning at 6 a.m. when we were in ninth grade, and taught us, would take us to the church. I know it's crazy, but we went because we got free donuts. But um, true, I've always been about food. Um, but took us and taught us how to pray. And I went over, I said, Randy, how are you? It's probably been it's probably 20 years since I've seen you. And uh, I'm sitting there talking to him. He said, well, my youngest is graduating. He's going to go be a missionary. And he's graduating with Joey's class. And, and I was just like, I just want to say thank you. Now, I was raised in a Christian home. But you taught me how to pray. And every day, as a 45-year-old, degreed, educated senior pastor of a local church, the outline that I pray through, I was taught by a Finnish carpenter who never put on a suit and tie, who never attended Bible college, who did exactly what Steve's talking about. He stepped into my life and just said, I see something in you and these other guys came by at 6 o'clock in the morning in a conversion van, picked us up, took us over to the church, and we would pray for an hour. And I would hear him as a grown man pray. And I'll never forget that. And I told him, I said, thank you. That's what I want you to catch. We 
as ministers are all sitting here because of people like you.